as much as we imagine beautiful things for our children, we need to go first. And I think they need to see us through the ups and the downs. Welcome to Transforming the Toddler Years, a core four parenting podcast blending soul and science-based strategies to empower pandemic moms like you raising kindergarten-ready kids. I'm Cara Terrell, your host, a lifetime lover of littles, girl mom, early childhood educator, and conscious parenting coach who truly believes that how we connect and collaborate with our kids in the first five years is how we raise world-ready kids who will change this world. Do you ever stop and think, who was I before I had a baby? Is my identity still intact? Do I still do the things I love to do? And am I expanding myself, challenging myself to continue learning and growing? Today's guest is going to take us on a journey of discovery and ask these questions. Melissa Larina is a mom of three who launched her business with her first baby strapped to her in an ergo baby. One set of identical twins later, she brings a decade of experience working for Fortune Top 50 brands and longer than that as a solopreneur. This mama knows mompreneurship. She holds a psychology degree from NYU, an MBA from the Tuck School of Business at Dartmouth, and a transformational coaching academy certificate based on Tony Robbins' principles and Landmark Education's insights. She's also a well-learned mama. And Melissa is on a mission to help encourage, embolden, and empower you by teaching you how to reawaken the power of your imagination and apply a more playful approach to navigating life's hurdles through motherhood. She's also the host of the Unimaginable Wellness Podcast, inspiring mompreneurs and founders to live their best lives. We get real, we get raw, we get candid in this episode, and I get a little vulnerable and transparent. Everybody learns and grows together. So please enjoy your journey of learning through this episode. Melissa, thank you so much for taking some time to swing on by the Transforming the Toddler Years podcast and share some of your wisdom with us. We just learned that you have accreditations in so many different areas of life, and now you're turning them into a way to help moms manage their daily existence. Tell us more about who you are, where you came from, and we just can't wait to learn about you. I am so thrilled to be here, Kara. And you just brought me back to the toddler years, which, by the way, as a mom of three boys, identical twins who are currently nine and the singleton who is 12, um, the toddler years were a blur. Uh, for several reasons. And so although, you know, I might be very credentialed, I would say that anyone listening right now, like we're all freaking fantastic for getting through navigating and still being able to listen to this episode as our children are either destroying the house or carefully navigating the little traps that we've set up to keep them safe. So, you know, anyone listening, like feel really divinely amazing about what you've accomplished thus far and what you're currently doing, my beautiful multitaskers. So thank you again for having me here, Kara. I think that, 
you know, the, the best way that I could kind of describe my experiences are certainly ones that are um, just always having something amazing to do. And and here's here's why I wanted to lead with that, because as I've written the book, Fertile Imagination, it's really meant for moms who are in the toddler years who might have their baby on their chest right now. Big shout out to Ergo Baby Carriers, as I did when I launched my business 12 years ago and who are imagining to themselves like why why can't i daydream again why can't i find a way to carve out time to do something that i want to do something that maybe i didn't get to before becoming a mom before my kid my kid who had not been born yet you know had an opportunity to like learn how to walk but i still didn't have a chance to figure out you know where i would do my work, for example, in my new room or where I would actually, um, you know, express my talents and skills in terms of a new sector or sort of um, capacity. There's like a lot going on. As I think about the book that I've written, and I'll explain the backstory for sure. um, The idea is that as you're listening to this conversation between Cara and myself, the idea is that If there's something left in your heart that you didn't get to, something that maybe you imagined as a little girl, this book is for you. And this conversation, like I'm literally tapping you on the shoulder right now. And I'm telling you, let's imagine again, because I think as much as we imagine beautiful things for our children, we need to go first. And I think they need to see us through the ups and the downs. So, you know, my experiences, as you've heard, a lot of them were very conventional, quote unquote. I like to say that the first portion of my life was very by the books, right? So what do you do? Go to school, you know, you get your MBA, you work in a corporate setting. Maybe that's what I was fed. I don't know. (laughs) Maybe I'm weird. Um, But that's what I was fed and that's what I did and that's how I defined success. And then when I became a mom, holy cow, that totally changed. Like, first of all, I couldn't even like string together words that that coherently right up front. But second of all, I had to figure out how to navigate these conflicting sort of priorities, right? The the ambitious me, the Melissa who wants to do things that are exciting, like, oh my God, did I miss the boat? Like, oh my goodness, can I can I still do this as I'm navigating motherhood? And when I had to think that through, I had to make some big decisions. So when I became a mom, the idea was, and I love how we all have these plans and then we just like put them in a shredder or someone does, right? There's They're in like blenders all over the kitchens in the United States. But I had a plan. <laughs> I had a great plan. Um, I was supposed to have the most amazing childcare provider when I first became a mom. It was settled. This person was a family member and I was just like set up for success to return to my advertising career after becoming a mom. And the day that I found out that my plans were, um, I guess, a joke at the end of the day, um, I was nursing my firstborn and I found out that this childcare provider, all of a sudden, after a decade of trying, got a full-time job with the Board of Education. Because of course, you know, a decade of trying and then you happen to get the job exactly after you've made that commitment. And I was bawling. 
I was sitting in the rocking chair and I was bawling. Who knows if I was like wetting like my kid's face, right? With my tears. <laughs> but I was just in that chair rocking and thinking to myself, how am I going to navigate this? And out of that moment, I had to make some big decisions, one of which was, well, how am I going to like what quality of life am I going to now have? Like if I if I can choose to leave the workforce, right? Or if I or if I stay, like am I going to be able to hang out with my kid and see my child, you know, take those first steps and and teach my child Spanish? Like that was also important to me as someone who is of Latina heritage. So all those things were kind of going through my mind on that rocking chair and I remember just thinking to myself, I've got to do something totally unexpected. <laughs> I mean, this was only having one child. I'll share the the spoiler, but you know, I have three and two of them came at the same time. So I'll share that one in a bit. But when when I made that commitment to my son, ultimately, and to myself, and I think that's something else that maybe we forget, but it's also to ourselves. Like, it's kind of like, well, what do you really want out of the situation? Um, that's when I decided I, I need to figure out how to stay connected into my creativity, my skills, my talents. And that's when I launched my career coaching practice originally. And when I did, it was quite hilarious because I remember my first client, I met him and his wife at a Le Pan Quietin, which I cannot pronounce, but it's like a French bakery, fancy schmancy. Okay. And um, in midtown Manhattan, of course, surrounded by bankers and people in suits. I brought my baby, six month old on my chest in an ergo baby carrier and my client's wife said oh i'll carry the baby as you speak to you know my husband about his career coaching needs no problem i gave my baby to his wife and then all of a sudden his wife had this face of like oh my gosh melissa you've got to come here we're in the middle of manhattan you know restaurant and stuff Apparently, my kid didn't get the memo that if you're going to go on a sales meeting, you're not supposed to poop in your diapers like so aggressively. This was a diaper blowout moment. And and that's how I got my first sale. And that's how this whole journey has has evolved. And to your point, Kara, it's been lots of experiences along the way. Um, yeah, years in a corporate setting and then years as an entrepreneur. And with my book, Fertile Imagination, this is my answer to a pivot. This is me doing a pivot that I decided upon on a sofa, actually, when I was living in Australia with my family for 3.5 years during our global pandemic. So a lot has happened, Kara, and I, I love thinking about just kind of going down memory lane. A lot of moms right now, because they say like the days are long and the years are short. But I think that I think reminding yourselves of these little moments, like even if it's like, you know, little epic diaper blowouts or that time where you didn't have enough diapers and you had to just make it work or whatever it might be. Like it, it makes you feel something good inside, just like those little memories, you know, I think it kind of keeps you going. So thank you for this opportunity to kind of reminisce and think about those moments. Absolutely. Wow. What a journey you've been on. So what's really fascinating about what you're saying is so many people are making this shift in thinking right 
now. The pandemic changed the face of parenting, really, the expectations that were put on people to do everything at the exact same time. And so what I hear a lot because this audience who's listening are people who are trying to grow their babies, really beautiful human beings into the world, and also grow themselves, not lose their self-identity. And also many are mompreneurs like yourself growing businesses. And they say, I can't seem to shift between the work me to the mom me to the partner me to any type of just time for myself. Do you have any tips um, that are maybe in the book, maybe not, about how to really just engage in the moment you're in and let go of the rest so you can be fully present? Tara, I think part of what needs to happen, and this was certainly my situation, and it's something I do speak to in the book about, is that we need to have personal fans. And here's what I mean by that. And the reason why I wanted to share this very specific chapter of the book is because right now the book, it's divided into three sections, right? So you start with reawakening your imagination, right? And so what I have come to the conclusion of was that somebody has been sleeping, I know it's not you, listener, and I know it's not us, but someone has been sleeping and it's actually our imagination that's been sleeping, right? And so in the book, I walk the reader through the journey of, well, this is what it takes in order for your imagination to feel like they can wake up because they will be utilized, right? So that's part one. The second part of the book or the second stage pertaining to really waking up your fertile imagination and stretching it out is the act of play, right? And so play, my goodness, what better way than than through playing and how children express themselves in playing, can you actually show up as your most present self, right? And honestly, like that part of my book is like one of the most fun parts for me, because when it comes to being super silly, and being very um, playful, it's that part that was almost like whited out in business school, when I got my MBA, it's like, oh, you cannot be playful. You have to be serious and analytical. But I'm a very playful person. And I think in the book, I express that idea for moms and how we have these like masterful little play mates with us. Why not leverage them, especially toddlers? Like just look at their silliness. It's pretty amazing. And so the third part is about stretching your imagination for maximum impact. And that's where this chapter that I'm going to share with you is really um, the key to our success. This chapter actually features one of my podcast guests. So my podcast is called Unimaginable Wellness, and it's for mom entrepreneurs, creators, and founders. And I interviewed someone with whom I actually went to college with at NYU. And his name is Theo Travers, and he was raised by a single mom. And I want to say that because if we think about an individual who has potentially, and I'm not thinking about Kim Kardashian, but a single mom tends to have, quote unquote, as I've heard, 
fewer resources than someone that has a partner. So I wanted to really, really showcase what's possible, even if you do not have the support system that a lot of moms have. So let's go through that chapter super quickly, just to give you a sense of this, this idea of being present. So with Theo Travers, his mom was a musician and she raised him on her own. And yes, she had a full-time job, but she also shared with her son when he was smaller, you know, what it is to actually hone in on your craft. And so the personal fan message comes into play in this way. She knew what her son was capable of. So when her son turned 30 and all of a sudden said that he wanted to actually pursue his his, you know, ideal career of writing for TV, she was able to from a place of I know what it takes and I know what you have and how capable you are, aka this is a personal fan, not just a mentor, someone who can call you on your BS, by the way. Um, she was then able to, you know, support him and just be excited along with him. And also she planted that seed early on. All that to say, if you know in your surroundings, you have a personal fan, then you will 100% be able to be more present to whatever it is that you are doing. So let me really, really hone in on this idea. And maybe I'm a, I don't know, maybe I'm just like a silly person. But for me, like if I'm working on something and I didn't tell my husband, my husband is my personal fan. If I didn't tell him and I'm like going around sneaking around like emails or sneaking around like other things that are for myself, then there's almost this like shyness, embarrassment or shame. Like, oh, I know I should really be, you know, playing with my kids in the moment or I should really be doing the laundry in the moment. And here I am having to hide. So I have felt that I want to do something else, something for myself. Right. But with this idea of the personal fan, just to kind of be really, really clear here, it's important for you to be very transparent with those around you and to enlist them in whatever it is that you want to do for yourself. So being present can happen and feels more effortless if the people around you know what is important to you in the moment, in the day or that year. So there's a lot of uh, transparency that's necessary and communication with the people that know you best. And that is in the book. And I think it's important for anyone that wants to be fully present in something for themselves. You need to know that everybody around you has your back. You're not like sneaking it in or hiding it or using those pockets of time, which sometimes are inefficient. Wow. Yes, transparency, Melissa, and communication, and all of these cornerstones of who we are and the people that we relate to in our lives. Our listeners are very aware of this. We talk about it a lot, about who our kids are, being very observational, making sure we are keying in on what they are great at, and then helping them to see it too. Hey mama, you know that it takes a village to raise a child, but did you know you can choose your village? 
That's why I've created a virtual village for you with all kinds of like-minded mamas. They're conscious, they're collaborative, they're intentional. Their goal is to raise really good human beings who will grow up to add value to this world. Join us today in our free private community on Facebook. Use the link in the show notes and let's transform the toddler years together. What about the idea of being your own best personal fan? I'm going through this right now and I am very transparent and very vulnerable with my listeners because this is a journey we're all on. We learn and we grow our entire lives. We never make it to the top of the mountain and hit the check mark, ring the bell and say, hey, I did it. We're always on this journey. Right now, I am going through a moment where I know my husband is my personal fan. I know deep in my soul he is. He opted to give me the space to start this company and say, I'll take care of everything until you get this off the ground. I mean, I don't think there's a bigger personal fan statement than that. But we've hit a moment where now that things are taking off, I've evolved. My evolutionary self has up-leveled one, two, three different times, right? I've hit my roadblocks. I've hit my failure moments. I've had the what the heck am I doing and why nights. And I've woken up and fought through it to the other side of a new success. And sometimes... Some days I feel like I've looped him and I know he's still rooting for me, but I don't want to slow down, even though his personal journey is on a different trajectory than mine. Mm. How do we become our own best personal fans in the moment so that we can keep doing our big work for ourselves, for our kids, for our families, and for our futures when we're not on the same trajectory. And you have a psychology degree. So I know, I know something in there is just saying, ah, I've got you, Kara, and all the moms who are saying, I want something bigger for myself, but I don't necessarily have in this moment what you are describing I need. So it's interesting because also, you know, as I've interviewed so many guests on my podcast, I mean, there have been some guests that have like intimidated the socks off of me and it's been such a journey. And it's interesting that you mentioned this, Cara, because, you know, my husband, for example, this is the irony of it all. So the microphone that I literally use on my podcast was my husband's. The original idea was that he was going to have his own podcast. And my husband and I have different skill sets. And so when he reached the conclusion on his own that maybe it wasn't his path, then he encouraged me to launch my path of becoming a podcaster and like legit gave me his microphone setup, which I think is amazing. And and so to your point, like how can you become your own fan? Let's imagine that you are that single mom. And I resonate with single moms for this very reason, despite me having a psychology degree as far as um, the world can read in my bio. 
So I was raised by a single mom in a 650 square foot apartment in Astoria, New York. And my single mom happens to have manic depression. And that's the real reason why I studied psychology. I really just studied psychology because I wanted to answer this one question. Am I going to get manic depression? That's it. And this was before, super before, um, you know, the openness that we find now as it relates to mental illnesses. Back then, I couldn't even tell someone like a teacher that my mom had manic depression. Right. So if you can all imagine um, in that time who needed to be whose personal fan, I needed to be my own personal fan. And we're talking about at the age of like, what, four, five, all the way until, you know, I left the home and and I went to college. So, yeah, great question, because I think I know how you could be your own personal fan. Um, So as I think about my journey and as I think about anyone that's listening and if you need to be your own fan because maybe your personal fan is on a different trajectory or they don't yet exist, here's what's important. So. In the book, when I share, you know, the fact that there's three things that need to happen in order for you to make maximum impact through the power of your fertile imagination, that first step of reawakening your imagination, I include there one of my podcast guests. So I was so intimidated by Susie Batiste. She is the CEO of poopery essentially and so if you have a bathroom maybe you have a little you know air freshener there well that's what she invented right with essential oils so i interviewed her at a 2 a.m time frame on my end i was living in australia at the time and when her and i were talking about this idea of what does it take in order to almost you know pull yourself up again or be your own personal fan It really came down to trusting in yourself. And part of that, like it's a straight up chapter from that section of the book. (laughs) But part of that self-trust is that when you are looking in the mirror at yourself, you have to really be mindful of the moments that you did wrong versus the moments that, you know, you didn't do wrong, right? So what does that mean? That means holding yourself without anyone around totally accountable. Like, was I, as an example, was I all in when it came to, you know, um, growing my business and being on the phone and having those sales conversations? Or did I self-sabotage? Right. And so what happens there is you have to really look at your past and you've got to come super clean on your own so that this way you can hold yourself accountable and in essence, be your own personal fan moving forward. Right. So how do you become your own personal fan when no one else is around you? You've got to be so honest with yourself. It takes self-reflection which I have a bunch of journal prompts in my book as well that you can absolutely look at on my website. But it also takes candor like you've never experienced before. So you need to really be honest with yourself. Okay, so in your situation, Cara, let's imagine you and your husband are in different journeys, which we all are. We're all on different journeys. 
But in your situation, you know, really think to yourself, okay, well, my husband took me to this point, whatever point that is. And he's still like totally emotionally invested in your success. But there are things that only you can do, Kara. And there are things that only you can do and make the impact that you want on the world, right? Being a mom, being familiar with like the COVID generation and all these different concepts, like that's unique to you, right? And so it's, you have to just know, you know, what you've done in the past, maybe some of the mistakes that have happened and you yourself have to come super clean to yourself and then just say, okay, I accept it. I made a mistake. I self-sabotaged back then. And now I have to be mindful that it's something that I've done before, but I choose to do differently moving forward. So it's a lot of self-coaching. Yes. Are you all hearing this? So what Melissa is doing is she's taking the mindfulness work that she's done, the MBA work that she's done, the psychology investigative work that she's done and bringing it all together for us. And, you know, I am doing this because I understand that we're in different places right now and we will come back together. We will level up together. But I wake up in the morning and I say to myself, Today, as I start my work for the day, I choose joy, I choose creativity, and I choose inspiration. And that has kept me really focused on you, the listeners, you, my guests, and this massive impact that I want to have. I know something that you like to talk about uh, for moms is that they get to write their own scripts. They get to create their own mantras. Can you quickly share a couple of those and what works for you? Yeah. So anyone who's considered pivoting in their career, you are bringing transferable ideas and skills. And so this is an example for me. In the past, when I was career coaching individuals, a lot of marketers, I would say, okay, so let's imagine now you want to be in brand management as an example. Like what would someone that's interested in that space watch on TV today? Would they look at the ads or would they skip the ads, right? Like what sort of things would they look at when they're driving? Would they read the billboards or ignore the billboards? So same concept, different space. So with regards to that idea of basically rewriting your script, as with any role, being a mom is a role as well, just like an actor, right? Or an actress. And, you know, you get this script and a lot of actors, they, you know, put their little swiggly lines and they make the edits. So in this case, as I mentioned before, as far as transferable skills, let's imagine that you are the type of mom who Marie Kondo folds her laundry, Right. And that's in the script. Like you got the script from your mom or, you know, you've just seen organization to the T in your uh, in prior generations. But let's imagine that for you, it doesn't bother you so much to see a messy draw and you rather spend that time doing something differently, whatever it might be. I mean, insert anything, take piano lessons instead of like folding crisply the clothing. 
you get to edit your script. You get to say, in my house, I want to hear music or I will play music. I will be the mom who plays the ukulele. I don't know. I have that instrument right there that I see in my room. Um, so that is what I mean by rewriting your script. Another example would be, okay, so like, let's say um, I want to be an athletic mom, you know, and that is part of my script. I was the kid that was last picked at the gym class, you know, as a little girl, which is depressing, but it was my life. <laughs> but now I'm like, well, I want to now be the mom who has muscles. And so I'm working on it. I'm not there yet, but we're on that journey. And so I'm rewriting that script. So now to take it back to the original thought, which was the whole transferable skills, I have to then imagine, okay, what would someone who's building muscles do? Where would they hang out? What smoothie would they choose from the menu? Right. So there's different ways of behaving that might be in alignment with an edited version of the mom script that you were originally handed. And I think we get to actually make a lot of edits or even like shred the mom script that we got if it doesn't feel authentic or if it feels like it requires more effort than you can even handle right now. Yes, I love this. You talk about rewriting your scripts. I talk about it from a slightly different angle as you get to design your child's childhood mm. and they're essentially the same thing, right? That just because you experience childhood a certain way doesn't mean that you have to become the parent who parents that way. And you're adding that sense of identity to it. I will now expand myself. I will now set new goals for myself. I will allow myself to grow into somebody that I can visualize she's just not quite here yet. One of my favorite things, and I've heard you say the word imagine probably no less than 20 times. So one of my favorite things that I read that you wrote was our imagination is our superpower and it fuels resistancy to navigate life's hurdles. If nobody takes anything but that away from today's conversation, they are going to be better off. How can they find you? How can they get into your challenge? How can they get your book and continue to be inspired by your big ideas so they can change their life and therefore their child's? Absolutely. So resilience is the key to it all. Um, having the imagination to just be nimble and and change how you think, how you behave, how you react and and how you imagine your child's childhood is is critical um, as far as just staying the course to feeling most most whole, right? Most ourselves. So definitely follow me at fertileideas.com. I have a 21 day challenge that is super easy peasy for moms that you can do alongside your child. So I'm so excited about that because it maps with the chapters in my book. And also you can absolutely purchase the book at fertileideas.com. I would love, love, love to hear from anyone who does actually purchase the book based on this conversation. I'm on Instagram at Melissa Lorena, and it would just mean the world to hear that somebody hearing this really resonated with this message. And you're in amazing hands, by the way, Cara, this was an amazing conversation. Thank you. Thank you. I just, I feel so blessed to have guests who show up 
And they not only have this massive passion and purpose and impact to make, but they also totally embody the mind-body-soul methodology here at Core 4. So you have been such an incredible addition to our growing collection of interviews. And I'm a fan. I will be a personal fan. I am reading this (laughs) book and you can go ahead and check out my review because it's going to be something that I not only take into account for myself and my kids, but I'm in a different space than so, so many of you. I am literally an empty nester. And so the idea of evolution of self after that lifetime, that 18 to 20 years of intense focus on it's about the kids, the kids, the kids, the kids is a big transition and it comes with lots of opportunities and pitfalls. And so this remembrance of who I am, what's my journey, who do I want to be for the rest of my life, and how will I mindfully get there is something that I am taking from your book. Thank you, Cara. This has been sensational. I appreciate it. Until our next episode, stay mindful and proactive as you transform the toddler years.